Hello and welcome to Hum Lab Originals where we meet and speak with people who have done interesting and exciting work in the field of law and justice. In this episode, we will meet with Sushant Sinha, the founder of Indian Kanoon, a free online searchable database of Indian cases and statutes. Sushant has had a very interesting entrepreneurial journey. We had a great time speaking with him and I'm sure you'll love listening to his story. So let's go. So hi Sushant, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Great seeing you. And uh, I understand that uh, today is a holiday so you've taken special time out for us. So thank you again for that. Let's just get going Sushant. Uh, perhaps you could tell everyone uh, a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do and so on. I'm glad to be on the podcast. I did my undergrad from IIT Madras. Then I moved to do my PhD in University of Michigan in 2003. Around 2007 was when I started Indian Kanun. working on indian kanun the launch was on january 4 2008 after that i graduated from my phd around august 2009 and joined yahoo india in the search team yahoo search and i was with yahoo search till 2014 only after that i am doing full time indian kanun so indian kanun was a part time thing from 2008 to 2014 so for practically a 6 year period you were completing your phd you had a job with yahoo search and you were doing indian kanun that's quite a yes. lot to handle indian kanun was i would i used to do mostly during the night and the weekends because in the daytime though of course we had to go for the job sure so um, just for anyone who doesn't know i can't imagine who wouldn't know but uh, indian kanun is a completely free online search engine which you can use to access any published decisions of the supreme court and the high courts i believe you've expanded the database over the years as well so when i started i started with just 50000 supreme court judgments and now we are more than a crore of uh, judgments and and um, you know i think the first question that comes to anyone's mind Uh, as a lawyer when i first saw indian kanun and i started using it and i said this is pretty good i suppose the first question that comes to my mind which you must have got a lot also is why is it free why is it free when I mean, the internet ecosystem has always been free on content and free on search i mean the google came free no one charges for these things even amazon search is free you can search for products because you don't buy it but you can search for things i think the the odd one out is the lawyer uh, these lawyer databases which actually charge you for access i think what comes naturally is free and what is an exception here is the lawyers database i mean in the ecosystem the who charges for content who charges for search i mean you have to build a business model which is or somewhat kind of tangled with it but you cannot sell the search itself who will pay for it I mean that's the first question that comes to you. But yeah, I mean, as I said, the lawyers database is something of an interesting kind where actually people pay to get access. But that's an exception in my opinion. Okay, uh, why did you think of it, and and why does somebody who's studying computer science at at uh, you know University of Michigan, somebody who's got a job with Yahoo, a PhD, you could have done all sorts of things for large corporations and earned pots and pots of money. Why did you decide no? I'm going to make a free search engine for Indian cases. around 2005 i started reading two blogs mm-hmm. and one was this law and other things and the other one was spicy ip uh, spicy ip i think shamnad runs and law and other things that time was run by tarunab so i found there i mean they used to write more in a layman language mm-hmm. so a computer science guy can also access it and of course in a phd you get time to do things 
It's not that you are forced to do course after course, mm. like in undergrad, you really have no time. So in PhD, I got some time and I used to read these blogs, I um, mean, understand. And I find a lot of things very interesting in law, which I didn't know. And so that is where the, in my interest was from. But one thing I found was Tarunab and all will link to link uh, cases in their um, blogs. And then I would go read them. Many times they won't link. Mm. And they would say the, this versus this. Hmm. And then I have to go and find which case is this. And some, the, the search on Judas around 2005 was really bad. But finding it was really tough. Like you have to give the exact petitioner name. If there is any mistake in the petitioner name, it won't return you the result. So that was the, my starting um, interface with the court judgment search engine. And I found it terrible. In the time when you have a Google where you can just type any word and get judgments. This is quite rudimentary, right? Around that time, I thought this, got this idea. Why can't we search this? But that was limited only by name, party names. Another interesting thing I found was these guys who have knowledge of um, law would cite, uh, say that this judgment did not take this into account. Another judgment. Or this reaffirmed the decision of that. And I would find that very odd. Like, how do you even know? Right? Of course, these guys have a uh, lot of experience in uh, law and they would know it, but for a layman, how would I know okay, something needs to be referred to? Which is where when this idea of relevance come to, came to my mind. That we need a, we just don't need a search by party names. We need a relevant, I need to post a query and get relevant uh, court judgments to it. I mean, all of this sounds very uh, easy now. I mean, yeah, but at that time, I think that is where my interest was. Mm -hmm. Can we automatically determine what is the important court judgment related to a query? which is when I started this interlinking of laws and judgments and perhaps those uh, fields can help us. And in the initially, initial test results I did with uh, central laws and uh, SC judgments, I think I was uh, pretty happy with the interlinking. Okay. They could uh, point out what the important judgments was. So that is when I started building this. Initially, I thought it was a simple project I will host and uh, go do my things. So that is what my initial uh, thing was. Hmm. And I launched in 2004 to see what the reaction I get. Hmm. I mean, I, I was assuming that many people would say, oh, everyone does it. Who cares? <laughs> but that was not the case. No. So, so, so let me ask you, Sushant. So, um, okay. I mean, here's a PhD student. Um, you're looking for stuff because you have the time and it's related to what you're doing. And, you know, at some point you hit a paywall for the sake of simplicity. That's the story so far. But you went on doing it. I mean, even when you got a job, you were still working on it. And at some point you decided, you know what, I'm going to do this full time. It's worth it. What happened? What was that tipping point for you? And what were the challenges or obstacles that you faced? I think in 2008, when I launched, I did not know the use. How will it be used? Whether, whether people will even use it, right? I mean, that was my first question. And I think uh, from, from one of my friends who was Evan Cook, who was doing a PhD at the same time, his mother was a lawyer. And he told me, yeah, nothing like this ever exists even in US. And I mean, he is a founder of Tulio Incorporated, I think. And uh, that, so that is what I gave, gave me some uh, feeling that uh, it may turn out to be good. Then I think in a couple of years of launch, I think I saw adoption. Mm -hmm. I saw people talking about it. Uh, the first one to blog was Shamnad on uh, Spicy IP. Then Gautam Patel, who is now a justice in Bombay High Court, he wrote a piece in Mumbai Mirror saying how this is going to provide access to justice. I mean, see, the access to justice was never my initial goal. 
okay. wanted to build a search engine that provides relevant uh, results to your search queries. So, so you weren't is, out there to sort of change society and do good and all of no. that. It was just an interesting project, and it happened to have yeah. this. Yes, this, this, this uh, free access to law was very. I mean, I was like, who cares for free access? It's already available on Judas, right? I mean, what is the value I'm bringing to the table if sure. it's already sure. available on the Judas? So free yeah. access, I never thought hmm. to be a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw these people who were talking about uh, like Shamnath, uh, Patel and many others who mm-hmm. came back to me, so now it is freely accessible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it was already accessible on Judas. <laughs> I have only copied that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that just was my initial reaction. But yes, then I realized some people told me that uh, Judas database is hugely incomplete. Mm-hmm. You don't have high quotes right now. Then I understood, okay, this is not a, what I have done is only the tip of the iceberg. The iceberg lies beneath it. What were the problems at that stage? What obstacles? What prevented you, was, a, was slowing you down, if at all anything? Or was it just smooth all the way? I mean, I think time was the big constraint. I mean, finishing the PhD in 2009, then uh, taking up the job and doing it as a part-time project. And the, this required more and more work. I mean, initially it was a small project, then things bloomed, right? I mean, it grew big. So time was the biggest constraint. And I, I would say if uh, I could do full-time, I would have done more okay. at that time. But if we didn't know the business model, how to monetize this idea to actually sustain myself. So just a quick one, Sushant, uh, you know, just someone sitting by themselves and doing this and, and we're talking about back in 2007, eight, what's the stack that you chose and um, how many people are working on this project? I'm using Python for most of the work. I use the Postgres database mm-hmm. for data storage and search. It's a free open source database. which largely provides what I need. And how many people working on this, uh, Sushant? How many people have, have been? I'm talking? the only one. You're the only one. There's just one person sitting and doing all of this. The tech part, yes. Okay. The tech part, there are people who have advised me on the legal front since Indian Kanun has its legal issues of opening up the data. Oh, wow. So, so, so for the past 10 years, you've just been plugging away by yourself. You've been building this thing out and you've just gone it alone. And, and you had advisors, but yes. the core work. That's fantastic. Uh, coming back to your point about uh, adoption and... Uh, Shamnath is an academic and, and, and a lawyer and, and he was supportive and Gautam Patel, of course, is, is a judge and, and he was supportive. What's been the reaction? I mean, you, at, that, at, at that time, he was a lawyer, I think. Okay. At that time, he was in bar when okay. he wrote the article. So, so what about um, the legal fraternity in general? What about lawyers in general? What's their response been? Uh, have they been supportive? Not uh, teachers and professors, uh, law students. What sort of feedback have you got from them? It has been mostly positive. People have written to me. I mean, whoever has written that this is a great resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find the search to be better. And a uh, lot of positive things uh, I have heard. And I also I get a lot of mails regarding improvements. This is not working. This is incorrectly linked. So mm-hmm. I get a lot of things like that. Sometimes people are uh, more like, you have not updated the laws. And is it by deliberate means? Why you have not up- recently on someone on Twitter say, uh, told me why you have not uploaded uh, added some article 15.5 in the constitution. Mm. Mm. Is it ignorance or malified? <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm short on resources. Sure. So I don't, uh, I uh, never found a way to update the laws automatically. There was a revamp I done in 2012 mm-hmm. with a data set I got. Uh, beyond that, uh, and in that data set, the constitution was not updated. So that is a constitution is still what I got from India code. 
so i would say i got positive responses as well as a lot of things telling this needs to be done that needs to be done generally positive responses and uh, a lot of people saying this is missing that is missing and as as a person with limited resources i i suppose you're just trying to do it as fast as possible i remember you're telling me when i reached out for this uh, interview that you know you were surprised that i'm a lawyer and i wanted to speak with you and it's mostly journalists and so on so hasn't the legal community engaged with you has someone volunteered to say you know why can't i help you with this i understand your loan do you need any support has there been something like that from the legal community no see the, the legal community thinks that indian kanun is some big, big company which is i mean which is what uh, rash uh, rashid in kerala i quote tells me yeah. or oh, they think he, it's a 100 company organization well after this and interview they know it's not <laughs> so so even uh, uh, when they reached out to me saying ki why don't you fund our program i was like <laughs> you mean we are not that big to fund a program at this moment so that is the idea right so most of the legal community are consumer of the data so they don't think uh, that it is being done by one person so the perception generally is that you have a solid team behind you and there's loads yeah. of people doing this so let's yes, leave yes. Uh, you know lawyers and the legal community aside um, have there been other people who've used indian kanun have you can you recall any incidents or anecdotes for us about somebody who's not a lawyer who used it and found it uh, helpful there have been many i think one very initial was uh, this uh, in 2010 there was a student in amu who was uh, dis, uh, who was uh, suspended or dismissed from the institution okay and he filed a writ petition in allahabad high court and uh, won won the case and then in, in an interview he told that yeah i used a resource from indian kanun to figure out the precedents in the case and in 2010 that interview was published in oh, i think open magazine which which i found ki this is a unusual case mm-hmm. right it is not a lawyer he is not a someone from the legal community he was doing some graduation program in amu and he came to use it I think another instance was someone from uh, Bangalore who emailed me saying he he was going to, he saw one man who was going to marry his daughter and he searched his name and apparently he had a criminal background he alerted the police and this police was this guy was apparently arrested in Kerala these kind of things has happened uh, I mean random cases I would say yeah. but that that i suppose is is a vindication or or rather a validation of what you're trying to do i mean as you said the idea was uh, search is free everyone should have uh, access to all of this and not just lawyers other people are using it as well so that's brilliant if if it's only you and if it's a free search engine how are you staying afloat i mean how are you financing it what's the business model for indian kanun yes that is the biggest problem till now for the indian kanun even i was in talk with a vc in 2012 and that is the real point right mm-hmm. i mean until unless there is a business plan how can i grow uh, and until and unless, unless we grow there is no real institutional stability to the website i go it, i mean i for some reason don't do indian kanun it means the website is gone Sure. there is no real institutional support to support it so i've been thinking of the business model for a while mm-hmm. and uh, i mean my my basic understanding was uh, that the base has to be free the search and document access has to be free because that we cannot do anything about it is too many people dependent on it we can't go back saying oh let, let's make it a paywall just because we don't have a business model <laughs> so that doesn't make sense uh, i've been trying to build services on top of the existing things 
So one thing that I built was a virtual legal assistant mm -hmm. where you can actually can take notes on the court judgments, mm -hmm. add your comments, uh, organize them by topics. You can uh, take all these notes and uh, transform into a, a petition. Mm -hmm. So this workflow was done and we called it virtual legal assistant. Uh, the idea was basically of uh, Lawrence Liang, who yeah. guided me, uh, guided me in the matter. <laughs> when he said he showed me that why can't we do something like this? And I was like, okay, let me do this, and uh, I did that. Mm -hmm. And so this we commercialized this uh, thing okay. on the premium members account, and uh, that is uh, still a um, decent paying for me. Oh, for uh, the premium member service is a decent paying uh, component. Advertisement is a important component right now. Okay. So those two segment and there is a third I sell is the API services. So, so could you describe so the API services, um, what one can derive from there? So API services is more for people who want to integrate search and uh, court judgments into their websites okay. or their apps. So there have been people who have been doing it like HR companies and uh, some of them who would want to do background search and things like that. Okay. So if, if I'm hiring someone and I want to understand if they have a criminal yes. case or not, then you could use that. Right. Yes. And they have, there are these HR companies who mm -hmm. actually have used uh, used Indian Kanon into their, into their thing. Okay. Uh, so that is the, that is not a good paying, but actually I came to know a lot of use cases I see. from uh, opening up the API. Fantastic. Because HR people came, I mean, this is something new. I didn't know that you can, you need to do background verification uh, yeah. using the court judgments. Yeah. So an important use case that came to fore. So, so, so that's, that's amazing. So for anyone who's watching, anyone who's listening, uh, Indian Kanun needs support. Indian Kanun now has premium services. They've got uh, ads, they've got API integrations. You know, Sushant's right here. Uh, maybe I, I can share your email address, Sushant, so people can write into you. And if anybody wants to support, it's a one-man army, guys. So get behind this guy and, you know, let's just see what we can do. So I'm just going to turn it right around now, Sushant. You know, suppose after this, this announcement that I just made, some fantastic cyborg fairy appears from nowhere and says, Sushant, snap of a finger. What's the one feature you want built on Indian Kanun? It'll be done in two seconds. What's that going to be? What's that one magic feature? My biggest struggle has been, I think the court judgments was relatively smooth. Right. Adding court judgment from court tribunal, that was uh, smooth. The biggest challenge has been on the law side. How to add central laws, how to update them, mm -hmm. how to add state laws, how to update them and see the regulations. I mean, many times I get this question, can I get BBMP rules? Why is BBMP rules not? And, and it's a, I think it is a huge problem, right? Because there is the, the rules in India is not only what say, union government makes. It is by what the state government makes. It is what the municipality makes. It is at all levels rules and all, all those rules are important because if you don't follow them, mm -hmm. then there are consequences. So the biggest trouble, I, I mean, biggest challenge for me is this void. If I can fill this void of getting all the... Um, all the laws of all the regulations that are binding on a citizen of India into the database, that will be my uh, biggest ask. Fantastic. And if I think fairy can build it. And I think if, if it's a great thing to ask for, if, if all of us finally know what the laws that we are supposed to follow are, yes. then we have a better chance of following them. And yes, of course, of course. And, and, and there are some work which has been done parallelly to me, right? Mm -hmm. Carl Malamud, uh, mm -hmm who runs public resource has gone and sued uh, BIS for not opening up the BIS uh, standards. 
and apparently many of these standards are compulsory to be mandatory by law they assert copyright on it so and i understand that uh, you and carl will both be speaking on uh, the 5th of december for the agami summit yes yes he is doing the co keynote yeah right so i i think that's something to 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 look forward to uh, all of us uh, who are going to be part of that summit are very excited i've been following your work for some time carl of course and to have both of you up there it's going to be one great <laughs> evening <laughs> so that so that is the biggest challenge i think uh, getting all the rules and regulations that are binding and in a free and accessible way right right, right now they are not that's amazing and and then more power to you man i mean if you can pull that off that's great <laughs> so what's next i mean um, what's the focus now is it uh, expanding the database with rules and statutes um, is it trying to figure out uh, sustainability commercialization what's priority number 1 up for you next and and what can others do to help i mean i don't have a fixed agenda right mm-hmm. i work on week by week basis let's uh, solve this problem this week let's take up a new problem this week mm-hmm. kind of uh, thing Uh, there are some monetization ideas that i need to work on mm-hmm. but i think i spend less time on the monetization than on the other things so and, and the other things uh, are cleaning up the database adding more things making it easier to use yeah and getting all the uh, I mean like i think uh, last four ma- four five months i was working on getting all the gazettes of state and the union government because that's one source from where we can actually go get these rules and regulations yeah. in the if we harvest all the gazette so this is a project we started four months back with carl and now we have half a million gazettes wow. online wow <laughs> i i remember and, seeing uh, recently that um, you know the gazette of india website they said uh, they've managed to scan and upload all gazettes from 1922 onwards so that must have been a rich trove of of data for you yeah yeah of course and uh, i think many of the states have done so so though the challenges are there of ocr of converting it into accessible searchable format uh, getting the data in itself i think is a big challenge of course and i think with the gazette project at least we have made headway into this problem really? how far will be successful is still we have to now get into the gazettes of what these gazettes contain mm-hmm. whether we can get the state laws whether we can get the municipal rules and uh, things like that fantastic and and of course as you said uh, you know it remains to be seen how this works out but uh, given your track record of the last 10 years i've got no doubt in my mind that it's going to work it's <laughs> it's something fantastic that you're doing as a lawyer as a citizen i want to thank you for the work that you've done this thank is you. brilliant it's 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 great work and uh, it's is of course one of the obvious reasons why you are one of the finalists for the agami prize i mean that's exactly the sort yeah. of stuff that agami and hum lab are trying to do Thank you so much once again Sushant for taking the time it's been lovely Thanks Bhavan so nice talking to you Thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and we would love to hear your feedback so do write in to us at originals@humlab.in that's o r i g i n a l s @h u m l a b .in Thank you and bye bye